Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. The thing is, I can tell you this confidently, is that anytime God is doing something, anytime God is moving, there's always going to be opposition. Anytime you make a decision to follow Christ, you are guaranteed opposition. The devil don't like that. He doesn't like that. So I think there's a reason we've been having online issues is because that means it's going out to World Wide Web, right? And so and there's some demons behind it that are trying to stop it <laughs> sometimes. We never know because we have the wires connected, everything, we test it, and then next thing you know, it's going and bam, offline, something, all sorts of things. But anyways... All right, let me open up with Mark chapter 4, verse 26. I'll let you get there. Mark 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 26. Or you can just look up on the screen. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows Though he does not know how, all by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. God knows the order in which things need to happen in our lives. How many believe that? Yeah, more than we do, right? So tell somebody, say, there's an order to this. I love it. I appreciate you helping me preach this week. I definitely need it. And I'll tell you why a little bit later. Um, but the thing is, when you get things out of order, they stop working, right? When there's no God order, God's order in the family, family begins to suffer. And we can use an analogy, spending your money you know, before you tithe is a bad idea. It's just because it's out of order. Um, how about, you know, sex before marriage, things like that. It's too, da- it's, a, it's a too dangerous of a proposition, you know, too, too much, too soon. And um, so there's an order to things, all right? And then comes the result. Look at verse 29. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. You know, and some of us, we put our sickle too soon because before I had a chance to take a root. And I realized sometimes God's starting to do something, and I'm like, oh, I think I got it, and didn't let it fully develop. And so we spend, you know, money to impress people, and we're ruining the very provision that God has given us. And I know these words are challenging, but I believe this is the Lord speaking because I got this message very, very last day. (laughs) It's been a difficult week for me, last couple of weeks, you know, and, but I just relied on God and just cried out to God. And there's going to be times where we don't know what's happening around us. There's some times going to be where everything is fine around you, and you can't find peace within your own heart. But, you know, it made me wonder. I was like, why am I stressing out about things where I can just give it all to God and let God deal with it? So, in the message title today is called let the dirt do its work all right (laughs) amen 
Earlier in the chapter, so Jesus gives a parable about a sower, right? Earlier on, um, it's a good chapter. You can read it. Um, I'm not going to go there right now. I'll just kind of highlight it a little bit. And explains about the weeds and tares and how they go, grow side by side. And he's using that to talk about the harvest at the end of the age. He's pretty much explaining how it was going to be. But the thing is, it also has practical implications in our lives because both grow together, all right? So, like I've said, the deeper you get into the relationship with God, the more opposition you face. We, we saw that also with early on with a new church in the Acts, okay? As the church was developing, the more it grew, the more opposition it faced. Like, if you actually look at China right now, there's a huge revival happening. But they're killing Christians. They're murdering Christians. So the more God is moving in our lives, the more opposition we will face. And so, but God uses both in our life. He uses the wheat and the tares. So he uses the tares to, for humility, for our humility. And then he uses the wheat to sustain us. So what he gives us. And uh, Jesus is showing that there's always seed going forth. That's what pretty much he's explaining, that God is always speaking to us. And I'm like, a few days ago, I'm like, God, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. And I just heard this voice saying, Vic, if you could just shut up and listen. I promise you, this is exactly what I heard. I'm like, did I say that to myself? I'm like, wait a minute, God, thank you. God speaks, so the seed is always going forth, all right? But anyways, Jesus is talking about the soils, which represent our hearts, all right? So the soil is our soul, our mind, um, our will, our emotions, all right? And early in the chapter 4, like I said, he's sharing that passage, and he's talking about the seeds that fall on the path, and then the birds, you know, of the air come and snatch them up. Any of you have any uh, <laughs> seed snatchers in your lives? You know, God gives you something, and then, boom, yeah. joy thieves. <laughs> People who want to ruin your day, and it's like not even 9.30 a.m. And here they come. It happens. It happens. Uh, what about seed snatching apps on your phone, yeah? Some, it's Facebook. And then <laughs> this morning, I noticed, I'm like, I pulled up Twitter. I'm like, why am I doing this? Did you notice that Twitter logo is actually a bird? <laughs> It's so interesting because Jesus is saying, right, the birds of the air will snatch the seed. Yeah, so things like that. That just God speaks to us. God is sending forth his seed. He's speaking to us. And then something will just come and take that away. And that's very important for us to understand today. So the, that's the layout of the message, a passage about a seed. And uh, the thing is, though, I've noticed, like, even this week, man, I'm, like, reading a lot of Bible I'm just like shredding because I'm trying to just get some sleep. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, Lord. And, uh, and I'm highlighting the, highlighting the Bible. And then I realized I, you know, became a professional seed collector because I'm, I'm starting to remember Scripture so much and I'm underlining. And it's great and everything. But, you know, I'm thinking like sometimes we, that's what happens. We become professional seed collectors. God's giving us so much word. We're listening here. We're listening every Sunday. We're receiving. We're highlighting our Bibles. We're filling our notebooks. But we don't apply it in our lives, all right? And so that is very important for us to understand. Without application, without soil, the seed literally just represents our unused potential, so to speak, all right? And I thought, I'm like, wouldn't it be great for God to show us when we get to heaven, like, how much seed we sat on here on earth. Like, 
how much potential God has given us, how much he has spoken to us on Sunday or through somebody that is just like, you know, walking in the fear of the Lord, and they're like, hey, what do you think about this? And we're like, oh, that's a great idea. That's awesome. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then we walk away and we just forget it. So I want us to think about that. I want us to be challenged today that we will do something with the Lord has given us. And our church has been moving forward, and it's been so awesome to see. We call it Family Forward. Okay, our church is moving forward. Last week, Heather shared about that, that it means so much to her. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly the image of our church, is that we're a family that is moving forward, and we're a family together. So today, everything that we're sharing, this message, is for us to pretty much partake together and apply it into our lives. All right? Um, and the thing is, a lot of times we think that we need more, like we think we need more knowledge, you know, and I, the other day that I prayed and I said, Lord, speak to me, speak to me, <laughs> I found out I already know enough, and um, for example, okay, let me bring you that as an example, I know it sounds a little arrogant, but I know how to not talk about bad about people, right, if I would just do that, I would probably work 40 hours a week. Like, if you actually <laughs> take some of the things, right? I, I know that I'm supposed to consider others above myself, you know? I know that. You know that, right? Tell somebody next to you, say, you know that. All right. <laughs> All right. Now just make him, um, make him feel a little bit more uncomfortable. Say, if you would do what you know, you would grow. Can we? <laughs> say it with me, actually. If I do... What I know, I would grow. Amen. Okay, so today, I want us to know that God has given us so much. He has provided us. He has given us the Word of God. His seed is always going forth. It's time for us to apply and take it to action, right? We're Whitefields Church, and we're going to walk around and take the sickle because the fields are white, meaning the people are ready to receive the Word of God. Amen? And so I want us to be challenged to actually step out and act and do what God is calling us to do, all right? And so the thing is, spiritual growth has been a, a tricky concept a little bit to me. And I've been observing, I was like, Lord, am I growing? Am I not? What am I doing? And, and like I said, I thought spiritual growth required more knowledge. Yeah. You know, I thought I needed more knowledge before, let me bring you an example, before becoming a parent. Um, I would read all sorts of books and articles and then, uh, and I thought right now, looking back, I'm like, it would be awesome to write a book before actually becoming a parent, because it would be so perfect, you know, you have it all organized, you have diagrams and everything like that, and then you have a kid, and then you actually have a kid, and when he's born, or he or she, it just changes your perspective, <laughs> and it changes all your knowledge and everything you learned. <laughs> when Alita came around, I'm like, and I read that baby book that says, like, how you're supposed to swaddle your child and everything like that. I found out Alita wasn't, she was unswaddleable. If there's such a word, she, she really wasn't. And so it was just hard. But, you know, but now I bet if I was to go back and write something, you know, it would be like a pamphlet. Probably just like, you know, what this pamphlet would be for parenting would be filled with just prayers. Per or prayer emojis, just the whole thing. Just open that. That's how to become a parent. It literally is just to pray, pray nonstop. Yeah? I bet, Pastor Mark, you would have loved to write a, a book about pastor becoming a pastor, right? 
And then all of us showed up and <laughs> changed everything, screwed up. Because all of us are so different, all right? So anyways, that's why I'm saying that, you know, sometimes you think you need more knowledge. But the reality is you have enough knowledge, but you can't perceive, well, you can't expect something new and you don't know what to do. So you got to be prepared. Anyways, but um, you can have so many degrees. You can go and get your degree somewhere. But if you can't apply it in your life, it's, it doesn't do any good. I, how many people know like people with many degrees? I'm not trying to bash on them. The reality is, it, it's hard, right? You would think I'm like, and they have like eight degrees. I, I met a person that had 12 degrees, and, and they were like in their 60s, and they're like, and he's like, I still don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> is one of the guys in my college class in Northwest University, and here he is sitting there, and I'm like, man, that's amazing. You, you got to think, right? In my head, I'm thinking, man, this guy's got so much knowledge, but he's just still sitting there. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just thinking, Lord, I don't, I, uh, by the time I'm 60, I want to be able to figure out what I want to do. Yeah. But God is so awesome is that despite of us trying to figure out ourselves, God can still show up whenever we're ready and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Uh, can you just tell me? And our, our church has been sharing a lot, and Matt Marzina shared that with me so many times. He's like, we've been on this thing of identity, what to do, you know, who we are in Christ. What am I supposed to do? And it's amazing how God is continuously calling. And through the different messages, you know, and that wonderful, wonderful message last Sunday Pastor Mark shared. How many received so much? That was phenomenal. And God is speaking to us. And God is speaking to our souls, and God literally is moving us, I feel like, from one place to another place. But it all depends on us. What do we do? When we receive that seed, what are we going to do? Are we going to act upon it, or are we just going to be like, oh, that's great. All right, I'm going to put it right here. I'm going to put it right here. No, let's apply this, amen? And let the dirt do its work, because when we place that seed into the dirt, that's when it starts to do its work. So here we got, like, a farmer who puts the seed in the ground, right? And he, it says... He does not know how it grows. Like, what kind of farmer is that, right? You can at least Google it. But if you think about it, right, we know that now, specific details. You know, it requires water, light, certain temperatures. Uh, so we plow and we water, but as to how the seed grows, that whole explanation, we don't even understand. It's the same thing with a baby, right? It's amazing that something as, thing is as, such as small as a cell, and then it comes together, and then with nothing, and then it turns into something so wonderful. And then next thing you know, like, wow, this cells came together, and then this human being is born, and it becomes a leader, and you're thinking, wow, how did it all start? So that always fascinates me. And so lately I've been just on this thing. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Um, have you invested into anybody else's lives, like spent time with them, anybody? Or is it just a few of us? Like you're just spending time. Investment meaning like you invited somebody over for dinner, right? There's been one person in my life that I've been reaching and trying to reach for a while. And wonderful family, young family from my soccer team. And... And I'm thinking, like, Lord, I've done this, that, and that. I'm like, how much more can I try so I could, you know, have them to come to church? Now, I want to make it clear. I don't just go, I'm like, you should come to church. You should come to church. No. I invited him over many times to my house with his wife. 
you know, and then what's so awesome, even my awesome friend here, our amazing family, Matt and Lisa, opened up their home and we, saw, we, we showed them everything, a, a house or a church family from a different angle, not just in my house, you know, not just Vic's agenda. But, you know, there's only so much you can do. And at one point I was like, Lord, I don't understand. I think I've done everything I could. You've reached out, you've prayed over them, you spent time with them, and you didn't push them away, they still love you, and you just wait. The thing is, though, about the seeds they grow at different rates. How many, if you're a gardener, you would understand. I barely know anything about gardening, but I kind of paid attention a little bit to what Larissa's doing. And I don't get it. Sometimes you'll have like this plant just, bam, pops. And then right next to it, there'll be that same seed, but it doesn't come forth until like later on. So anyways, I was a little discouraged, you know, for some time. I'm like, Lord, I've been at it for like three years with this relationship uh, with my friends. And, and I remember when I went to their wedding, actually, it was really cool. And I was like, I wonder how the wedding's going to be like. And so there's this gal who was doing the wedding, and it was like so powerful. She was reading all these scriptures and everything. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is amazing. I'm like, I'm wondering how, how did it, it came about. I mean, because he's more a simple guy, you know, hillbilly style. You know, and I'm like, here he is, nothing but like most powerful wedding ceremony I've been to. And then later I, I come up to that lady and I'm like, hey, how do you do this? Like, how did you choose to choose which scriptures you're going to read and things like that? And she's like, oh, well, I actually do every kind of wedding, every religion wedding. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then she, I'm like, but how, do you, how did you choose the, what you want to do? She's like, well, I, she's like, I lay it out for whoever, you know, for them, for the people that are getting married. And I say, hey, what would you like? What would you like to choose? And, and specifically, they chose some, you know, very most Christian, awesome, anointed scriptures. And I was like, how did that happen? And she's like, well, he said that there was this person in his life. And he said, she said, from the soccer team. I was like, <laughs> that had impact on his faith. All right. I get emotional about that because it's so real because... I was like so discouraged at that point. I'm like, I, I don't know what else I can do, God. I love them. They're just so amazing. I just want to be around them more. I want them to be around my church family. And, um, but I was so moved by that. I was like, yeah, he, play, he said that he played a big impact on his faith. And I was like, really? <laughs> awesome. She didn't say the name. I didn't need to know much more. I was like, God, you're doing something. So that's the thing. I don't want you to be discouraged. If you're working, trying to reach somebody, just showing your love, there's only so much we can do. We don't need to know. This farmer doesn't know, right, how the seed grows. He just does his thing. We plow, we water it, we show love, care, and support, right? We reach out anywhere we can. And this is what Jesus illustrates, right? This is like, this is what the kingdom is like, right? Jesus gives them an earthly illustration, that they can relate to. Like if Jesus was probably in our times, he would probably use different examples. But um, the main focus is that he does not compare the kingdom of God to something like Grant, something huge like a city, right? Spaceship or Wakanda. I don't know why I thought of that. It's like this comic from back in the day. <laughs> but instead he uses such a little thing, right? A seed. And I'm thinking like, what's exciting about that? Like they're waiting like the kingdom of God... And all of a sudden, he says the seed. So very anticlimactic, <laughs> right? But that's the thing. Often what God does in our life, it feels insignificant. 
And then it goes into the soil where it's invisible. And then when God is doing the most or when God is doing things in our lives, we feel ignorant. That's three eyes. if you want to write it down, right? Pretty cool. Check this out. In- insignificant, what God does in our life a lot of times seems insignificant. Then it goes into the soil where it's invisible. And then we get often ignorant about what God is doing. But that's what the kingdom of God is like. Often I thought, like, for example, this week, you know, I'm thinking like, Lord, am my relationship with you is growing or not? And I don't understand. You know, I think I've invested my time and spent time in prayer and read so much Bible. And I literally felt the Lord said, you know, often Vic, you think that the proof that you are growing in a relationship with God is the fact that you feel like you're not growing in a relationship with God. I know it sounds ridiculous, but literally when you're just like doing everything right, it seems like, but you're just feeling that you're not growing. But keep in mind, right? It's that seed a lot of times. You can't see it for the longest time, but God is growing. And I'm sorry if, you know, those that always need to feel a goosebump, I used to think if God is moving, right, that God is with you. Um, but the thing is, the greatest growth in our life happens outside of our senses a lot of times, outside of, you know, our emotions and things like that, is when God has taken the depth, you know, he's working in the roots of our heart. And often, deeper work that God does, actually, is much more greater than the highest work God will do in our life, all right? For what is a building without a foundation? Jesus talked about it. Actually, let's go there right now. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. All right, starting there. Therefore, everyone who hears the words of mine and puts them in practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 25. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew. And beat against the house. This is all the difficult things happening in our lives. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Come on. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Or bags of seed, right? All the things that we have, but we don't apply it in our lives. The rain came down. The streams rose. And the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. You know, it amazes me, and several times I would use this analogy. When you look at the house, right, you don't even see the foundation for the most part. And because it's hidden, but that is one of the most crucial things that part of construction of the house. You don't lay that foundation properly on the solid ground. It looks cool on the outside for a little bit. The moment Alaskan earthquake hits a little bit, oh, man. It will show its true colors. So it's so important for us to understand that, and Jesus is talking about that, if you don't apply that into your life, if you don't apply the words of God into your life, it's not going to be pretty. You literally need to be grounded in the word of God. And so that's what we need to allow the words of God to actually apply into our everyday life. Going from glory to glory, from power to power. Amen? So uh, so this is what Jesus is like. He's like, this is the kingdom of He says, the kingdom is like this, right? It's something that starts so small, insignificant, invisible, and then, and we're not even aware later on. We're ignorant about, like, like what God is actually doing in our life. But, like I said, surely we play part of it. It's very important. God tells us to water, to plow. Still wants us to very much partake in this. Now, 
growing up, there's this one thing, that element that I've always not heard enough of. I heard a lot of awesome, cute sermons, you know, that are telling me to do big things like, you need to forgive. You need to be free of addiction and things like that. And, but you would sit there and you're like, and, it, and you feel heavy. You feel guilt and everything like that. I, and you, in your heart, you're like, I know I got to do this right. And I felt this voice inside me scream to God saying like, how? Literally, how, Lord? You're telling me what? And I'm, tr- but I'm, I need to know how. You know, and then a lot of times you're in that desperation, Lord, like, Lord, I don't know how to raise these kids. You know, <laughs> I don't know how to read my Bible. I don't know how to pray over 15 seconds without thinking about fishing or going to sportsman's warehouse. I don't know. That's the thing. It's like, I don't know how. And literally this week I was like, Lord, I don't know how. I almost titled this message, I don't know how, because... When you say that, when you come with that attitude to God, like, Lord, I just don't know how. When we are broken, that's the most spiritual thing you can do, say to God, is I don't know how. Who did God pick to be his disciples? Religious scholars, right? Academic know-hows? No. Fishermen, tax collectors, all these guys that were just like looked down upon, right? What about who did God choose to carry his son in the womb. Yeah? Somebody very popular. Now, later on, people have realized who it was, and we have the whole religion because of that. But at that moment, it was a simple gal. And then the father, you know, a simple guy, a carpenter. And, uh, but what, what, what was the first thing that Mary said when God told her, the one born of you is going to be the son of God? What did she say? How? How is that possible? <laughs> What's the first thing, first thing that the disciples said to Jesus when he said, why don't you feed these multitudes of people that are hungry? How? Right? And that is the most spiritual thing happening right there. And that is the start of the spiritual growth. When we come before God and to admit, Lord, I don't know how. Like, I don't know how to lead worship. I remember before when I was like, oh, I guess I have to lead worship. But I didn't know how. But that's where God moves in. All right? How many don't know how? Oh, oh, oh man. I just want to know who I'm preaching with. <laughs> you know, it's like, Lord, I don't know how to forgive. There's people that have been hurt so many times. Like, Lord, I don't know how to forgive, but keep an appropriate distance so I don't get hurt by them again. You know, these are very important questions to ask. It's very important to pour out your heart. I don't know how to discipline my kids without losing my cool and turning it into an angry man. You know, things like that. Like, I don't know how. And when I was saying that, I don't know how, God. I don't know how. I I heard voice of God say, Vic, but you know who? Huh? When we know who... God is going to be able to do so many things in our lives. And that's when it was like, Lord, but I know you. I know who. I don't need to know how everything, but I know who. Abraham, wherever he went, he didn't, need, he didn't even know where he was going. That's what it says. But he knew who. He knew who, who was going to be there with him wherever he went. Come on. Thank you. 
So God wants to reel you, the broken you. And the thing is, remember that phrase, God can't bless who you pretend to be? And, and I shared about Jacob. And until he finally came to that broken place and admitting who he was, God gave him a new name. Yeah. And that's where God blessed him. And so look at this, John uh, chapter 12, verse 24. Very truly, I tell you, Unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground, falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. But if it dies, the seed. Yeah. Uh, so that's what happens a lot of times when we finally die to ourselves. Until we die to ourselves, until we come to ourselves we're like, Lord, I just don't know how to do anything. I don't know how. That's when God moves in. And here's the farmer, right? He doesn't know how to make, how the seed grows. And Jesus is like, yep, growth is like that. Growth is like that. And, you know, we play a role, but we don't have to know. We just have to sow. Oh, that all rhymed, actually. <laughs> oh, man. But let's take that seed that God has given us, right? The kingdom of God. And let's plant it in every area in our life. I really want to challenge us today. And I'm challenging myself first. This is coming a lot out of my heart. Everything that I've been experiencing over the course of the last couple of weeks. And just thinking like, Lord, I didn't know how to do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. How can I undertake such a challenge, Lord? I can't do this. But I keep hearing God saying, you don't need to know how. You just need to know me. You need to know who. And really that allowed me to understand that, wow, while here on earth, Lord, I'm very much dependent on you. And uh, so let me tell you this. If next time somebody throws dirt at you, says you're not good enough or brings your past to them, remind them. Quote him this title. Let the dirt do its work. <laughs> God uses all of those things for his glory. And next time devil reminds you, you know, like, oh, of your dirty past, you can't be in ministry. Say, let the dirt do its work. God's going to use all this as a fertilizer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and God is transforming us when we come to that brokenness, when we finally allow God to penetrate every area of our lives, every area of our lives. It's so important that we don't keep anything hidden from Him. If there are certain things you have not dealt with, you know, with unforgiveness, or you've been, you know, having something with someone, God wants to heal that area. When we open up to Him, and the thing is, let me tell you this, you don't need to know how. The, the desire is that, Lord, I just, I just know you, and that's it. And how it's going to go down from here on out is going to be great. Thank you. Don't throw mud at people, Dax. Appreciate it. <laughs> Don't throw dirt at people. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Dax. Appreciate the sidekick moment. Amazing. So, but think about it, right? I want to go back to that verse. Bring that up again. John 12, 24. Virtually, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Yeah. Now, you know, Pharisees thought they had dirt on Jesus too, right? 
He was like, oh, he's not doing, he's blasphemous, he's saying he's God. And so they killed him. They crucified him. But Jesus didn't die. He was planted. And I realized, I was like, Lord, that scripture is all about you, you know, and then about us also, when us dying, when we die to ourselves. But on the third day, he rose again. And I'm like, God, this is so awesome. That dirt that they thought on him, really, you know, they, God knew how this story is going to end. But it's amazing how God uses all things for his glory. Amen? So Romans 8.28, one of my favorite passages. I know that I go there back and I read it so many times and I share it many times with you. But it says, all things God works for the good of those that love him. All the dirt, all the struggle, all the pain. God, thank you for this word. <laughs> thank you for forming into a new creation. But God, you are using all things for your glory. And I'm wrapping up here. In the last passage, I want to read that. 2 Corinthians 5.17. He who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. <laughs> I don't need to know how. I want you to walk away today and say, Lord, I don't need to know how. Like, let me bring you an example, another example. Okay, I have an iPad. I put my notes on the iPad. I press a button. I read my notes. I don't know how. <laughs> I just know that part of pressing the button, that's all I need to know. Yeah. And it functions. I, I don't know how the vehicle got me here. To, you know, I have the basic idea how the turning of the key or pressing a button on the car. I have a not kind of an idea about it, but I don't, need, I don't know how. And that's the thing, is a lot of times in our lives, we don't know how things are done, but when we know who, He carries us through it in every step of the life. Amen? I don't need to know how, I just need to know who. But I won't know if I won't sow. Okay, so today God is challenging us to sow. So just keep sowing into people's lives, believing for people, praying for them. When God is prompting your heart, don't hold back. Do it. Just know this, that until a seed is planted, until it hits the dirt, and the thing is that means all uneasy situation can happen with that. You know, when you are forming a relationship where if you decide to take the seed that God has given you and say, I'm going to forgive that person. I'm not going to live my life with a sweat. The moment you are trying to, the moment you try to plant that, the moment it hits the ground, the moment it hits the soil, the dirt, there might be dirt that will be coming out of that. Meaning, like it's not going to be an easy situation, but that's where the healing begins. You know, when they first, when you get cut and you have to pour kind of antiseptic, it stings at first. I know it's a very challenging message, but I believe as our church is moving into the new area for God's anointing to come on our lives. We need to be pure before God. Let's really release everything because I believe there's going to be such an amazing move of God, guys. It's going to be phenomenal. You'll be able to talk to somebody, say one word, and it's just like next thing you know, this person is like in tears. So let's give it all to God today and say, Lord, let the dirt do its work. All our challenges, everything, Lord. Every day, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet and before we worship, just 
If it's all right, guys, as a sign, as a sign of our surrender, can we just open our palms before the heaven right now? And I think the Holy Spirit is speaking to every one of us right now. Just open up our palms and receive, say, Lord, speak to me. And a lot of times when God is speaking to us, when we've been learning, right, to hear the voice of God, you're not going to hear a supernatural voice, but it's going to come in the context sometimes of relationships or your thoughts. Say, Lord, I don't know how. If you're facing something big right now, Lord, or uncertainty, Lord, I don't know how, but I know who. Thank you, Father, for speaking us. Speaking to us, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Let your name be glorified and lifted high, Lord. As we walk into this new season, Lord, we're excited to know that you are with us, Lord. All things will work together for good. And we are called, Lord. We are called according to your purpose, Lord. If you have a purpose for us, it doesn't matter what's being thrown on us because we know we will succeed because we are with you, Lord. We are with you wherever we go. Thank you, Lord, that you are in the midst of us right now and you're healing people's hearts. It seems like unbearable task, Lord, right now before us, Lord, but we know that we can succeed. We'll, we will because we are with you. And we are broken, Lord, before you. We don't know how, but we know you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I believe as, as uh, we're praying here and waiting on the Lord, I just feel like the Lord is speaking. We need to let go of old mindsets, old ways of thinking. Maybe you have judged others because of the way you were raised or the ways you, way you've even been taught in the church to think. And the Lord is saying it's time to lay down old mindsets, religious ways of thinking, because the Lord is on the move. It's going to require new thinking, leaning into his spirit and not judging according to what you know, because you know nothing. Actually, you know nothing. So lay it down, lay it all down, because the Lord is calling us out. As Vic was speaking, I was thinking of that word he gave us. He's calling us out, people. He's calling us to do stuff, but we got to lay down our ways of thinking. Maybe even what you thought in your last season, whatever you did before. Lay it all down. Give it up. Say, okay, I let go of that. I don't care what I did before. This is now. And don't judge according to old ways of thinking. Lay down those religious thoughts right now. You know, and I actually, we don't often do this, but if you do need prayer, and I understand some people don't like to come forward and everything like that. Don't worry, we'll... Um, I want you to know that you can always reach personally and speak one-on-one. -on -one, but if you need prayer right now, you definitely can. You can come forward and, and just release it. And, and let that process begin, remember, right? See, it doesn't just happen at the snap of a finger that you're going to be able to just forgive somebody that's very much deeply hurt you or be able to overcome the addiction that you've been struggling. But it starts with your surrender. So... And surrender that to him. Just remain in just a few more moments in his presence right now. Let's worship him a little. Sing that Jesus. Jesus, oh, the wonder of. I'm forever changed. 
all you need. It's just the name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, the wonder of your name. We surrender all to you, God. that you're moving in our lives lord it is a testament lord that you built this church lord you have you have desires for our hearts lord god to continue to move lord into the new season lord when we thought we lost something but really lord you were actually making room for the new lord help us realize that those things that we lost are actually you moving in our lives lord god those past relationships but god couldn't move in until you released that that's what God is doing. He's making room for the new. He who is in Christ is a new creation. Amen? And if you believe that, say amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.